Good. My name's Kramer. Um, I'm super pumped to be here tonight. I hope you guys know how incredibly honored and lucky that I feel that I would get to come out and spend a Thursday night with you. So I'm going to leave here better. And I feel just super blessed that you would invite me to come hang out with you on a Thursday night. I am bummed out of my mind that Alyssa, Molly, and I missed the chicken noodle soup. It smells delicious. We like walked in and it was like, yes, Lord. Okay? So next time, like if we even just get to come back, like hang out and like not even speak, like I'm coming for the food, okay? Like it's going to be great. Um, but quick little info on me. My wife and I, we pastor a community, we call it Generation Church, where we serve high school and middle school students here in Gate Harbor. It's a part of Harbor Christian Center. Um, so that's what we're doing. If you guys ever think of us outside of this Thursday night, you can be praying for us that we continue to live out what we feel like God has called us to do. And tonight, we're going we're gonna to take a look at a story in the Bible together. And it's an oldie, but it's a goodie. And I believe that God, if we open our minds and our hearts, that he's going to speak to us through this story tonight. And I don't know where you're at tonight. Maybe you've been coming to these things for a while, or maybe one of your buddies invited you and you're here for the very first time. But wherever you're at tonight, I believe that God has something explosive that he wants to share uh, with us. So if you've got your Bibles or your fancy smartphone with your Bible app, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 14. If you don't have either of those... Next time, come prepared, but we'll have it up on the screen for you. Uh, Rachel in the back, holla at your girl. She's going to put those up. And we're in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. And again, maybe you've heard this story before, but I believe that if we allow God to speak to us tonight, uh, he's going to really open up our minds and our hearts to something really incredible. So I'm going to read it once through real quick. The Bible says, Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat, and the he right there is Jesus, and, before, and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, don't be afraid. And Peter had answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So in this this story, we've got Jesus, and we've got his 12 main dudes, the 12 disciples, And there's like an eclectic group of young dudes who have been rolling with Jesus throughout his whole ministry. And just before this story, this passage in the Bible, they just got done feeding like 5,000 people with like a sack lunch. So they are exhausted. They've been out just serving the crowds all day long. So Jesus turns to his 12 disciples and he said, hey, you guys go on ahead. I'll dismiss the crowds. You guys can get a head start on the journey. 
So the disciples pile into their boats and they head across the sea. And Jesus dismisses the crowds. And then the Bible says that he goes up to a mountaintop to be by himself and to pray and to be with his father. And then the Bible records about the fourth watch of the night. So that's like four in the morning. All of a sudden, Jesus like looks out on the sea and, and sees his boys in, in his boat. And he's like, man, there's a massive storm out there. And the Bible says that it's getting beaten by the wind and the waves. So Jesus walks on the sea straight towards his disciples. And then at first the disciples are terrified, the Bible says. And they're like, it's a ghost. Like you think if you've been rolling with Jesus for a while you would know it was him. But I know, a little confusion. Like it's a ghost. And then he's like, hold up, it's me. Don't be afraid. And then Peter Jesus is like right-hand man. He's like, Lord, if it's really you, if it's, if it's you, you tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus responds, come. And I imagine all the other disciples in the boat are like, Psh, Peter, you got to go now. So Peter, like, Bible doesn't say, maybe he jumps out of the boat. But I imagine storm just raging. He's like, shoot, man. And he's like, you know, steps out of the boat. And then the Bible records that he walks on the sea towards Jesus. And then all of a sudden he gets distracted by the wind and the waves. And he takes his eyes off Jesus and he starts to sink. And he cries out, Lord, save me. And Jesus is immediately there and grabs him. Now when I first read this, I was like, man, that's so cool. Like, I bet Jesus grabbed him, put him right back in the boat. But no. Jesus grabs him, saves him, and then pulls him right back up on the water in the middle of the storm. And the storm doesn't end there. Then they journey back to the boat in the middle of the storm together. And then the Bible says that they get back into the boat and all the other disciples are in awe. And they praise God saying, truly, you are the son of God. Truly, you are who you say you are. Friends, tonight... I don't know where you're at, but I believe that God wants to use this passage of Scripture to speak to all of us. And if you're taking notes tonight, the the title that we're calling this message is In the Storm. And before we keep going, will you guys just pray with me real quick? Jesus, thank you so much for this time that we get to be with you. Thank you for the gift that we get to come together as a community of young people and learn more about whatever you have in store. Holy Spirit, would you move and work in this place? Jesus, would these not be my words, but would these be your words? Lord, I'm useless without you. So would this be all you? Father, we thank you that Russell Wilson is going to destroy Philadelphia. Father, we thank you that the Sonics are coming back to Seattle. In Jesus' name, they all said. Guys, Russ is on the board now. Did you see that? Anybody watch the news? Okay, great. But... It's really going to happen. It's true. We just prayed about it. It's going to happen. I believe, Tim believes, most importantly, Alyssa believes. Okay? There's this, like, ranking system in my life for, like, things that I, like, love a lot. Like, first one, Jesus. Of course. Clear number one. Like, love him the most. Second, like, right under him, Alyssa, wife. Right? Like, clear one and two. Three, boats. Okay? Like, rowboat, sailboat. Ski boat, yacht boat, canoe boat, toy boat, whatever. Like, just love it. Like, whoever thought, like, man, let's go get a piece of wood or fiberglass or metal and, like, throw it on the water and see if it floats. 
Like, that person's my hero, okay? So I just love boats. Like, my dad's fascinated with boats, so that's probably why I love them. But a few months back, early in the summer, my wife and I decided to buy our very own new wakeboard boat, okay? And by my wife and I, I mean, like, Alyssa came to me one afternoon, and she was like, Kramer, I love boats. Like, there's this new one, just came out, throws a sweet wake. Like, can we please buy it? Like, being the, like, Jesus-loving, wanting to serve my wife, you know? Like, I was like, sure, babe, I guess. Like, let's buy a boat. So we bought a boat. And then my brother got married this past summer. I was his best man, got to plan his bachelor party, super awesome. So thankful for my brother. But he was like, hey, Crane, want to go to Chelan? Bring the, bring the boys? And I know you guys just bought that new boat. Like, do you think we could take it over the pass? Like, could we take it over? And I'm like, I mean, like, I like, used it, like, once before this. And I was like, sure, man, of course. Like, I'm your brother, anything for you. So we take the boat over. We're going up to this place called Stahican. If you've ever been in Chelan, it's 50 miles up the lake, okay? Yeah, Stahican, okay? We rented a cabin up there. It's going to be awesome. Well, this boat that we bought only holds, like, six people, like, Little max capacity sign, six persons, okay? Well, the bachelor party, we got nine dudes. So I was like, ah, it's fine. Like, we'll be okay. Like, it's, it's great. Just, just get in the brand new boat, all nine of you. It's awesome. And then we're throwing a bachelor party. So we got to bring some beverages. So we put the beverages all in the boat. And now the boat's like a little more way down. And then like all the dudes go back to the car and get all their bags. So we've got Bodies, beverages, and bags all in this brand new boat. And it's like sitting on the end of the dock like, and I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus, we're going to drown and we haven't even left yet. (laughs) So we take off on the boat and I'm driving. I'm just like praying like, Lord, please don't let this boat break. Like, please. And we're going and it's like perfectly calm and beautiful. And you get to this part on Lake Chelan, it's called the Straits. It's like 40 minutes up. It doesn't take too long to get to Stahican, people say. But it's 50 miles up the lake. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it starts pouring down rain. And these waves come up on the lake. And there's all this wind up on the lake. And literally, waves are coming over the bow of the boat. And I'm like, we're going to die here. Like, like, I'm like looking at the bilge, and it's just like trying to like push water out of the boat, and the boat like literally is talking to me like, Cram, can't do it, bro, I'm sorry. And it's like filling full of water. So we start like taking these like prized beverages and like throwing them in the lake, like trying to lighten our load. So like if any of you go to Chelan this next summer and you like see a free beer floating in the lake, like remember this, okay? So we're like trying to like lighten the load, not helping at all, just waves crashing over the bow, like super low key, two of the guys in the boat can't swim. So they're like putting life jackets on, like please Jesus. Long story short, three hours later, we finally get to Sahican. it's okay, the boat's back, it's in the garage now, and it's awesome. I tell you this story, not to, to convince you to go buy a boat, but please buy a boat. But I tell you this story to ask you, have you ever been there? You ever been in a storm or a chaotic moment in your life where you're like, man, there's no way I'm going to make it out of this. Like the storm's too big. The waves are, are too much. 
The chaos is, is, is just going to overtake me, Kramer. Like, there's no way out of this. Maybe that storm for, for you here and now is a storm of, of insecurity and identity. And, and you're trying to fit in, so you're just letting everyone else and, and everything else define you. Or it's a storm of sexual immorality and addiction. Or you're, you're struggling with that girlfriend or boyfriend that maybe you know you shouldn't be with, but, but, but you're in too deep now and the storm's too heavy so you can't get out. Or maybe it's a storm that you've been in for a while. And it's a storm w- with your family. And you're like, man, I've been in this storm so long. Like, this chaos has been going on forever and it's just wrecking my family. It's just wrecking my life. And there's no way out of this storm. I'm just going to be just like they were. I think that this story in Matthew chapter 14 can speak to all of us. I think that it speaks in this narrative of Scripture to the storms in our own life. And I really believe that that these storms can can feel like they're going to overtake us that they're going to overwhelm us, that there's no way to get out of it, that we're just going to be caught in the middle of this storm forever. And it becomes the focal point of our life, the focal point of our story. You see, but in this story, I think that at first, you remember the disciples, they think they're alone. They think that that they're alone in this storm in the middle of the lake. And at first, the disciples are like, it's a ghost. They don't even realize they're in the presence of Jesus. They think they're alone. And then all of a sudden, Jesus calls out and he says, it's it's me. Take heart. Don't be afraid. The disciples didn't even know that Jesus was in the storm with them. It's so awesome because I think in our own lives... Sometimes we can feel alone in the storm. We can, we can feel like that we're all alone and we're not going to make it. But it's just not true. Like Jesus is with us. He's right there in the middle of it. Like Jesus wasn't like, pretend the table is the boat. Jesus isn't like on the shore, like hauling out his boys like, hey, clean yourself up. Get out of that storm. Come on in with me. Like, what are you doing out there? Come on. Quit living that way. Come on. No, Jesus walks straight into the middle of the storm to be with his people. But we're hesitant to believe that, aren't we? The disciples in this story are hesitant, aren't they? They aren't sure if it's Jesus. Because why would Jesus care about the storm? So Peter, Jesus' right-hand man, he calls out. He says, Lord, if it's you, if you are who you say you are, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus responds, come. Imagine what's going through Peter's mind as he's walking on that water towards Jesus. Picture that for a moment. And, and he's walking on the water and, 
And then all of a sudden he gets distracted by the chaos. And he he starts to sink. And he calls out, Jesus, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reaches out his hands and saves him. And then there they both are. In the middle of the storm together. You see, after Peter started to sink and Jesus reached out his hand, the storm didn't cease then. The the wind was still ripping through the sea. The waters were still raging. The only thing that's different is that Jesus is with him. You see, I think sometimes we think that that we can do these storms by ourselves, that we can get through this chaos by ourselves. Like logical thought, sure. Like if we can just push harder, if we can just try more, if we can just strive for more, then we'll be okay. And you know, Peter, Peter had enough faith to get out of the boat, and he trusted that Jesus was going to get him through the storm, but then all too quickly, Peter gets distracted. And he takes his eyes off of Jesus. And he starts to doubt. And he, and he can't walk anymore. He can't move. The storm's too big. The chaos is too much. He's not going to make it. You know, I think sometimes people like myself, we would get up here and, and we would say, man, once you find Jesus, it's going to be great. Man, once you find Jesus, there's going to be no more storms. Like, your life is just going to be awesome. Whatever chaos you were dealing with before, it's going away. The storms in your life after you meet Jesus, there's no such thing. Oh, man, do I wish that was true. But the fact is, is that storms are always going to be there. Big or small, storms come. The difference is, is the storm will overtake you if not for Jesus. You see, the only reason Peter could get out of that boat that day was because of Jesus. The only reason that Peter could walk on the water was because of Jesus. The only reason that Peter didn't sink and get devoured by the chaos and the sin and the struggles in his life was because of Jesus. And the only reason that that storm ceased and calmed that day was because of Jesus. You see, Jesus is what gives you the courage and the faith and the strength to get through the storm. But he doesn't make it so there's no storms. They're going to come. It's funny, because myself so included in this. We think we can do it alone. We think, man, if I just try harder, if I just strive for more. If, if I just put my head down and, and make it through this sexual morality, if, if, if I just put my head down and stop feeling so insecure and inadequate and doing things I don't want to do, I'll be fine. If, if, if I just try harder, if I just strive for more, I'm going to make it through this chaos. I'm going to make it through these struggles. I'm going to make it through this storm. You see, our greatest challenge is not trying harder or or striving for more. Our greatest challenge is not our discipline, our devotion, or our focus. Our greatest challenge is believing the gospel. Believing that if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, then no matter what comes our way, 
We can make it through it. Could it be that there's a God with a love so scandalous, so deep, so wide, so vast, so high, so welcoming, so inclusive, that he looks at us and he says, take heart, it is I. Don't be afraid. I've got you. And then even when we start to sink, even when we can't make it, he immediately reaches out his hand and his words to us. Don't you know I got you? Don't you know I've been here the whole time? Why did you doubt? You see, because if our eyes are fixed on Jesus, the chaos and the storm can't distract us. And the chaos and the storm can't overtake us. Because we know the one who calms the storm. You see, this story, it ends with Peter and Jesus journeying back to the boat in the middle of the storm. In the middle of everything, Peter and Jesus are on a journey back to the boat. And it's not until they get there that the storm ceases, that the waters become calm, that the wind is still, and everyone is in awe, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. You know, I think that that Jesus is going to allow us to make it, and that he's going to lead us and guide us back to still and calm waters. I think that I want us to leave here tonight feeling encouraged and knowing that if Jesus is in it, the storm can't overtake us. That if Jesus is in it, and he's there, and he's with us, and we allow him to reach out his hand, and we reach back, then he will immediately be there. Friends, my hope is that you leave here tonight feeling encouraged. Feeling and knowing that Jesus says to each of us, wherever you're at tonight, whatever storm you're in, whatever chaos is going on, whatever circumstance is happening, he says, take heart, it is I. Don't be afraid. And that if we choose... If we choose and we call out to him and we say, Lord, if it's really you, if you are all that you say you are, if you are everyone's savior, if you are everything that you say that you are, tell me to come to you. And his response to us will always be, Would you guys pray with me tonight? Father God, we thank you so much for your son Jesus. Jesus, we thank you so much that that you don't make it so there aren't any storms, but rather you journey with us through the storm. That you journey with us from here to there. 
Jesus, would you give us the courage and the faith and the strength to get out of the boat and keep our eyes fixed on you. And Jesus, thank you that that if we call out to you and we say, Lord, if it's you, if it's really you, tell me to come to you. And your response to us, no matter what is going on in our lives, is come. Thank you for the invitation to come to you. Holy Spirit, would you move and work in us until we meet again. Thank you for this time that we get to be together and enjoy your presence and all that you're doing in our lives. In the name and power of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen.